you know, it's because this is in New Zealand, it's technically a landline. He's got it on the wall in his kitchen. He's got one of those long cord ones. Yeah, attached right. to his sheep. You know their emergency number's 111. I know. Fair Weird. <laughs> Which, they've still got the old rotary phone, so it makes more sense than Triple O. Oh, it's closer, yeah. Triple yeah. O's done. Takes a long time. Hi, this is Nick Rado. Uh, leave me a message. Bloody Thank hell. you. Just leave a message after the phone. <laughs> Who's this bloke? What else are you going to like? Like, what else are you going to like? Nick, mate, podcast, where are you? We've had to get Brooksy to step in. Brooksy, mm. our producer. Brooksy, are you ready? Are you ready to be... <laughs> I hope so. You do a good Kiwi accent? Well, Nick, we'll try again later during this podcast. My God. Well, um, yes, it's time for episode six of the Professor and Barney podcast. You may I said it never happened. I know. That's Barney. Hello, mm. Barney. How are you? Tommy. Hey, guys. How are we? And stepping in, as you've just heard, Brooksy, our producer. How are you? Good, thanks, guys. How's things? It's very well. Huh? It's nice. very well. It's very well. It is early we're recording oh, this podcast. Um, now, Nick Rado has had to go back to New Zealand. Um, visa issues. Was it a visa thing? Mm, I think so. Mm. Oh, well. Um, so I think they're doing a census. It's much like biblical times. Everyone has to return to okay. the, uh, their place of birth. Right, all right. Um, so, yeah, Nick's uh, currently staying in a stable outside right. of... Mordor. Uh, he's from Mordor. He is he? from Mordor. Yeah, great. Um, so today instead it's all on to you, Brooksy. And, I mean, the other things we have to be honest, we've had a lot of complaints. About, <laughs> Haven't we? <laughs> about Nick talking about the All Blacks. So... You know, maybe we tipped off the authorities and that's why he's not here anymore. But, you, Brooksy, promise no all-black shit? No, but I do have to oh, give a no. shout-out to the Black Caps. Okay, I think... No one ever has to give a shout-out no, to they, the Black Caps. No, after that 5-0 series thumping yes. against India, they came back and won 3-0 in the ODI series. Okay, is that that's okay? All, that's all I want to say. Because ODIs sort of are the them... most relevant form of cricket. Uh, we all know that, so uh, well, congratulations. I'm just going to say, Brooksy, you're walking a bloody plank here, mate. <laughs> I think that's why he's back, because everyone's gone back to New Zealand to celebrate <laughs> the series. Because <laughs> Gary Steed's on holiday, so everyone's gone yeah, back right. there to help out. So you can uh, take parade. Now, congratulations, Nick. Brooksy, the way we start, these podcasts, because I'm guessing you haven't listened, is Tommy reads five-star reviews. We encourage our listeners to leave five-star reviews. Um, you know, our first thought was they'd be praising us, but what we've learned mm. week on week is that they just put the boot in um, and Tommy seems to get a real kick out of the fact that people hate us. Yeah. So <laughs> have you got a couple for I've us got a couple Tommy? of short ones here. Um, this one's called About Time and it's uh, written by P. Waterhouse. Um, Gay's estranged brother. Um, it's called Absolute Genius Podcast, but enough about the All Blacks. So South I, African listener. I think he must be South African because it's Podcast. Okay. And All Blacks. Right. Um, but, yeah, he's not going to get any any All Blacks action no. uh, with uh, Nick not here. And then the second one is a five-star review from Twigger. Two nine eight. Mediocrity reaches new heights. Okay, beautiful. Five right. stars. Good. Thanks. Good on for Twiggy that. Forest for writing <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's very good. So yeah, get on there. Give us a five star review. Uh, put the boot in. We don't really care. Now today's topic, Tommy, I believe, is great rivalries, and it's based on 
Sorry, Brooksy, to bring you up to speed, what we do yes. each week is we find something that's happened in the sporting world, something current, and mm -hmm. then we use that to dig into the sporting... Annals. Beautiful. Annals. Deep into the annals. Deep into annals. the annals. And Tommy picks the topic for us Where most weeks. What have you got? So this week, as you said, James, is going to be rivalries, great rivalries. Uh, we're going to sort of talk about individual rivalries, mano a mano. We're going to talk about team rivalries, club rivalries, or um, and also international rivalries. Yeah, so. Right. So we're going, to, we're going to tick those three off. Um, this comes off the back of the Sydney Sixers BBL champions. A 19-run 19, a 19 win in a range-shortened 12-over match over the Melbourne Stars. And obviously, it's not just the rivalry between the teams. It's the rivalry between the cities. Absolutely. Yeah, as well, yes. Melbourne and Sydney always are. Well, I mean, the rivalry essentially is which is the best city in Australia. It is. That is the big question. Mm. Um, I've, always said, um, I've always said Gosford. That's you me. do like Gosford? I do. Mm. Yeah. I, I, look, I think Orange. Orange is Orange great. is a lovely, yes. uh, lovely uh, rural city. And I'm Brooke, more of a Wollongong I fan. I know you're a Wollongong fan. The South buddy. Coast. You yeah. and your Well, you all know my one. I love your poons. So, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but essentially the, the, that sort of robbery. <laughs> Pronouncing that right? <laughs> it's Japan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a country. Soft J. Oh, sorry. Where is your poon? <laughs> oh, I believe it's in. Uh, it's, in it's in Queensland, Queensland isn't, it? isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah, it's, yeah it's, um, yeah, cane sugar sort of territory. Big shout yeah, out. It's pineapples and shit. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Great. So, off the back of that, uh, we've divvied it up, uh, and I think we'll start with individual rivalries. Um, now, Buddy, you seem to get us away to a flying start every week. Just a reminder, no f***ing hockey. Ah. Oh. Was that okay, your first I'm just going to need a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're starting individual rivalries. Yes. Um, okay, let's go to a sport that really lends itself to individual rivalries, the sport of tennis. Um, yes. For the last close to 20 years, we've been witnessing one of the great rivalries in tennis, uh, in men's tennis, obviously between Roger Federer and uh, his, uh, his nemesis, uh, if you will, Rafael Nadal. Now, just to lay a few stats out straight off, um, 20, grand slams, 20 grand slams for Roger all up. Uh, Rafael Nadal's currently sitting at 19. They are one and oh, two on wow. the all-time grand slams list. Um, but... Now, oh, sorry. So Raffer will end up getting him because he's five years younger, right? Well, this is this is the question. So at the, currently, um, over his career, uh, Federer has spent 310 weeks as number one. Uh, you compare that to Rafael Nadal, who's only had 209 weeks at number one. Um, you've got uh, 84 career titles for Rafael Nadal. Currently, uh, the uh, the Fed has 103 career titles. So based on those stats, you go, okay. Federer has won this. Uh, he's sometimes or widely regarded at the moment as the greatest of all time. Djokovic, obviously, in the review mirror. Um, we'll get to that later. But head How to head... How long is this going for? <laughs> uh, this, is, this is an hour. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing is head to head. These guys have played 40 times. Uh, in that, Rafa's beaten Federer... Uh, 24 to 16. That is very interesting. So, sorry, Bunny, just interrupt. Nick Raddo is just calling there. Oh, I know right. you're in a... a I'll just sorry, put him you through. Were, uh, h hello, Nick. 
Hey, James. Sorry, mate. How you doing? Well, mate, um, podcast is happening right now. You're on the air. Um, oh, we're on the air. Yeah. Mm. Um, mate, uh, listen, I was just in the middle of a great Federer-Nadal uh, run. Tommy was trying to throw facts at me. I had everything to throw back at him. Um, you've interrupted yeah. my flow. Um, <laughs> you and I now have sorry. a rivalry, mate. <laughs> yeah. and, and, Nick, I tell you, Brooksy's been very good in oh, here so far. Uh-huh. Are you guys currently? Are you guys currently in a national day of celebration after the Black Caps won the three three nil in the ODIs against India? Well, that's the, yeah, I, we are. But more importantly, that's the reason why I've had to come home is because um, we're actually the Prime Minister of New Zealand said that all New Zealanders had to come home because Taika Waititi won the Oscar. <laughs> so <we're currently laughs> Um, now, yeah. because this is obviously an international call um, and it's costing you, I don't know how much, what's it in Kiwi dollars to call Australia at the moment? Well, it's under about $900 now, but it's okay because um, I get two free um, call. It's like jail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Every New Zealand is allowed one outside call, and I've, I've used it for you guys. Oh, that's great. <laughs> now, well, let's get so. I mean, obviously, you can't yep. sit here for the whole thing, but have you got one of particular course. rivalry you want to toss up? Well, I know that you guys have probably already covered this, but um, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, the greatest All Black rivalry that it's <laughs> ever been. Oh, no. Um, um, <laughs> uh, back in the 80s and 90s, uh, the way that you used to get into the All Blacks, you used to, um, you it weren't just picked on Super Rugby form or anything like that. It was uh, you, you had a, t- a test or a trial, and the trial was the probables versus the possible. And <laughs> so, wait a second. <laughs> Are you saying that the All Blacks' greatest rivalry was with itself? Absolutely. The probables <laughs> versus the possible. Oh, <laughs> And it was always a hey, big... Nick, uh, Nick big, you're breaking up, mate. Uh, yeah. I think we're going into a tunnel. Okay. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, no, okay. hang on. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Got, Phil, hang up on him. <laughs> mate, hang up. Oh, my God. All black shit. <laughs> Glad we interrupted oh Federer my. and Nadal for that Sorry, garbage. mate. Possibles versus problems. Don't worry about the bledders, love. Well, that's definitely not a rivalry. Just do shirts and skin shirts and pants. I'll call him back later. That was anyway. That was terrible. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, anyway, Rafa Nadal. Um, so yeah, it's the head to head where Rafa seems to have the uh, the wood on the Fed. Um, but couple of things. These two are obviously two of the greatest that ever played tennis. First question is. Any other? Would you feel annoyed that in any other period you'd be the clear standout best? Like basically, they've come along around the same time, and um, and but, but let me toss this up: Are yeah. they making each other better? Well, this is the thing. I was thinking about this. Like Tommy, yeah. you like you went to a very rich private school. Yeah. If you went to my school, you would have been clearly the richest kid at the school. You would have been number one richest kid. Do you think that would have been better for you or do you think going to your rich school that pushed you to be even richer? Well, it was funny because, like, I was the richest at my school anyway. So, um, <laughs> so you, would have, you could have been playing amateur rich man down in my school. I actually, the school, I, it was actually my house. We They just built, like, everybody else could come to my house and learn as well. Sort it's of the old thing. rich fish Rich pond situation. It's like I'm the whale in a big pond and I'm also the whale in a small pond. So, like, it's one of those sort of ones. (laughs) Okay. You're also the sweatiest at your school. Yeah, tell us that one. Sweatiest boy at Cranbrook. Um, (laughs) Money can't buy you dryness. Uh, (laughs) 
that is going to be the name of and tell uh, about my the new, show. The new law that they brought in at Cranbrook. The new law they brought in at Cranbrook. Uh, for year 11 and 12 students, you have to wear long grey pants. Uh, but because of my quadzillas and my perspiration uh, sort of standpoint... I suffered from severe chafe. Um, and then when, Which is not a rich man's then, problem. And then when the medical doctorates came out about talcum powder being bad for you, um, they essentially allowed me to wear shorts all year round. So that was the rule. They, they wrote an extra law. The Erskine exception. There was a bylaw called the yeah. sweaty crotch yeah. 8.2.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2. 8.2
Do you subscribe to that, Tommy? I think it is. I think it's a boxing bag. Um, yeah. Anyway, rematch was set for 28th of June 1997. This is the one we all remember. Yep. Massive hype. Um, it was going to pay out $180 million. The whole world was watching. That's in 1997 dollars too. That is a lot of it cash. It was. Um, they're fighting. Three rounds happen. Holyfield's on top. Then um, start of the fourth round. Mike Tyson walks out without his mouth guard in. Oh. That's a sign. That's a sign. Yeah. Referee Lane, his name was Lane, goes, hey, mate, pop your mouthpiece in. Pop the old the gum cover in. Um, he goes, oh, sorry, Your gum mate. shield. Put your gum shield in. Put your <laughs> gum shield in. Um, you tell he your goes, oh, sorry, I'll put it back <laughs> in. And he puts it in. He comes back out. They're boxing. Um, they start wrestling. They get into a bit of a hold. And then Iron Mike sort of runs his mouth over the top of um, the real deal's ear, bites off a chunk and spits it onto the canvas. We've all seen it. Um, the referee um, pauses the fight, tells them to go to their corners and then has to make a decision. Referee Lane, he thinks, do I stop the fight here? He goes, no, nah, nah. the doctor says, nah, he's all right, it's just yeah. a chunk of his ear, this is boxing. Keeps it going, there's blood pissing out of his ear. Anyway, fight goes on for a little bit longer and then... Guess what? Old Iron Mike bites his other ear. Takes. Wow, well, you don't want to, to be lopsided. That's, <laughs> right. That's right. It's chopper read, mate. You're not going to yeah. chop one, are you? Yeah. So um, tear at the bloody thing. Isn't that what he says? No? I don't remember. <laughs> Good film. Um, then, yeah, so then the referee stops it, even though the second one he didn't actually bite a chunk out. Um, this is it. So then old Mike Tyson gets fined $3 million for biting off an ear and he loses his boxing licence, they eventually give it back to him um, because, let's face it, boxing's rigged. And um, <laughs> goes on to allegedly. fight. Allegedly. Goes on to fight and and that was it. I mean... He's had one of the great, great rebrands, hasn't he? Like he in has. later, later uh, life, later career, he has managed to turn this baddest man on earth, like the guy you would not want to ever be around, into like, oh, look at him. He's just a crazy old dotty, That's right. dotty old bloke. Is he, it because he has somewhat, and I don't mean to be rude here, but is he somewhat turned into a bit of a the, the bumbling old fool sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, he's a bit. He's the punchline. He is the punchline. I don't know, Tommy. He's here now. <laughs> <laughs> he's embraced it, though. By the way, too, yeah. I think that's a thing. Yeah. yeah. You got to own it. Definitely owned totally. it. Totally. You know, Rochi, because we went to school together. We massive did. basketball fan. Yeah. Ah, um, some swishes. Why do you yes. think I brought him in? Yes. Slam dunks. It was more Swish layups, time. if anything. It was. Uh, backboard taps. <laughs> Bank <laughs> shot, jump shots. Polish yeah. those boards. Let's the, get going. Yeah. The paint brothers. <laughs> can, we, um, can we mute um, Barney's microphone? Absolutely not, Phil. I'm all about this. <laughs> the b-ball. All right, bro. Swish town. Box One out. of the greatest to ever play was... Michael Jeffrey George, Jeez, he MJ, good for the elbow. and I was thinking like he had so many rivals. He was that good, mm. and he basically when he got the rest the, of the NBA, wasn't it? Exactly, and there were so many that you could pick. Who have you gone for? There's Dominique, there's yeah. Larry Bird, there's Craig Elo, oh, that shooting guard yeah. that is on every Gatorade ad for all the wrong reasons. Uh, but Isaiah Thomas and the Detroit Pistons was one of his biggest rivals. Um, in 1985, it all started in an all-star game and basically Isaiah Thomas led this um, freeze-out of MJ during the game not to pass the ball to oh, Jordan because Jordan was relatively early in his career and these guys, the veterans wanted to make it about them. And, and he, that stuck with they Jordan. They big-dogged him. Yeah, they big-dogged him. They big-dogged the big dog. Yeah, right. And it stuck with him 
Yeah, stuck with him a couple of years later, playing the Pistons. He dropped 61 points. Is that yeah. good? Yeah. It's, it's pretty good, yeah. Um, and then a season later, Shut put 59 up. on Isaiah and, and the Pistons. And they just dominated the – he just dominated the rivalry, rivalry individually. So the Pistons came up with this physical style of basketball. It was deemed the Jordan rules against Chicago where they would use anything and everything against him, clotheslines, crowbars, you name <laughs> it, whatever was in the stadium nice. at the time to stop MJ. Whatever you could find in your backyard. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which in Detroit yeah. oh, could be anything. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's excellent. So, yeah, the, it was it was great defensive play on MJ. I like heard they, they ended even up put on some of the water from near uh, near Detroit in his drink <laughs> yeah, bottle yeah. to try and get him. Just down get the road at Flint, Michigan. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Flint See how you go with the Flint water, <laughs> mate. Oh. Try jumping that high with lead in your bladder. <laughs> oh, really held him down. Yeah. No, so, yeah, so... From that, they had they acquired a few players, as you know. Dennis Rodman was at the at the Pistons at the time. Rick Mahorn, Bill Lambeer, they uh, hard uh, foul. Jordan. The names they used all their fouls. John Spider Sally was there John as well. Spider Sally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, Joe, so basically, Joe Dumas, basically oh, Detroit. Yeah. yeah, can we get a pillow for James's lap, please? <laughs> 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 yeah. Detroit, like through that play, they did it to the Celtics. They won two titles. But then the year after the two titles, they played the Bulls in their third straight Eastern Conference finals and Jordan destroyed them, averaged 40 points. And that was the start of the Jordan dynasty with the Bulls, the first title where they went on to beat Magic and the Lakers. It was, it, it was, it's just like you look at so many of his little rivalries and stuff and there's just so many little things where someone's triggered him. And then he always and yeah. he just goes on to destroy him. Yeah. Can I tell you my favourite Michael Jordan story? Yeah. I don't know yeah. how true it is. Uh, someone told me. Uh, Matt Johns told me this one. Michael Jordan comes from a family of very average height people. And his grandmother once said to him, because he wanted to play basketball, wanted to be the best, his grandma said, if you want to grow tall, put soil in your shoes. And so for a full, like, two years or something, he used to sleep with his basketball shoes on with soil in the bottom of them. A little, little bit of Osmocote. <laughs> there was some Osmocote. Yeah. There was. Oh, anyway, bone. six foot six. Yeah, there's just so many little things you see with teammates can, can and I, even... Can I just say, Brooksy, yeah. geez, it's a delight to have you in. It's been really, really good. Um, I might actually dismiss you two. Tommy okay, and Barney, well, before we want need, to head off... Before we need two, before <laughs> we need two pillows, I might move on to my story. Um, Who have you got? Tommy's, so I'm gonna, Tommy's just small forward right here. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna, an actual correct reference. <laughs> yes. Named it. And Tommy's small. I'm a power forward, all right? Um, yeah. I'm going to go from one goat to another goat. Uh, I'm going to go to Don, the rivalry between Don Bradman and Bill O'Reilly, Bill uh, Tiger O'Reilly. Yes. Um, so... Obviously, both of you know, both fantastic cricketers. Uh, but it was in an era where the Irish-Protestant rivalry was 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 quite prevalent in Australian sport. Uh, O'Reilly was a Catholic uh, Catholic Irish uh, Irish person, and he um, was sociable. He liked going out. He liked having a few beers, and he epitomised everything that Bradman hated. Uh, but he was a Protestant, rarely drank. He was um he was one of those people where he he would go home and he was a bit of a teetotaler and he just he wouldn't he wouldn't buy into that sort of the drinking culture that Australia is synonymous for. Um, in the 1930s, it was in the 30s and 40s that essentially Bradman vindictively and sort of sort of prematurely tried his hardest to end Bill O'Reilly's career. 
Um, so he, 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 he so it yeah. was he was putting bad 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 words in with selection and all that sort of stuff, and he tried to purge the dressing room of these Irish Catholics who liked going out and having a beer. A few other members are like Jack Fingleton. Um, uh, there's a, there was a few other boys that they just they didn't they didn't they he didn't see fit playing for the Australian team. Bill O'Reilly and these boys they all had the perception that um, that Bradman was distant and he was a bit cocky and and all of that. Probably yeah. had reason to be cocky. Yeah. The one yeah. thing that the rivalry ha- and actually Bradman succeeded in getting rid of Bill O'Reilly early uh, and essentially he was. They took him to the Australian Board of Control and they summoned, like, O'Reilly, uh, McCabe, O'Brien, Fleetwood Smith, all the Irish Catholics in the team, and essentially phased them out of the Australian oh, cricketing landscape. Geez. What Bradman didn't realise that this feud did not end with cricket. He didn't realise that Bill O'Reilly was then to become one of the biggest cricket journalists in Australian, in Australian history. Oh. Mm. So after that... He wrote, he, but Bradman tried several times to write him letters and apologise for what he did, and O'Reilly wouldn't have a bar of it. And actually, there was one. There's one very famous anecdote, whether it be whether it be true or not. Eyewitnesses have said that O'Reilly and Fingleton, who were two players that Bradman got rid of, often criticised Bradman, and they were in the press box the day that Bradman was bowled out for his duck in his final test innings, and they were reported to have been in hysterics. <laughs> that is so good. Oh, I love that because we, we think of this this era of the past as being much more dignified in sport. Mm. I love that it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It's, it's just a shame that Bill O'Reilly didn't have Twitter on that day. Yeah, Imagine yeah, just yeah. at Bill O'Reilly, lol, or yeah, something. On, yeah, after you're that right. Ruffle. Just, Ruffle. Just the crying, yeah. crying, laughing emoji. Yeah. Like he also said you have to play under a Protestant to know what it was like. Oh, so well I now mean. on that whole um, Protestant versus the Catholics. Do you, I, I think I should go, go for next. it. Right, now we're moving on to team rivalries. I'm going to do Celtic versus Rangers, which is the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, the ultimate Protestant what a segue. Rivalry. It is, Love it. Um, mm. and it's been going on since 1888. The old firm, oh. which during the week, Tommy, you asked me why is it called the old firm. Uh, I, I answered that one. You, it's, did. Uh, you know when you, you know when you're of an age where it's not quite, you're not quite in Viagra territory, but it's not cutting, you know, it's not cutting diamonds anymore. You know, you wake up and you're like, well, it's firm. It's that's not why yeah. it's called. That's but got it's not. To do your feet and rope a little. No, yeah, the, no, no. Let's, exactly. Let's, Push and rope. Okay, thanks, guys. It's called the old firm because back in the day they actually got on really well and they were described supposedly in their very first match as old firm friends. Oh, when they lovely. came up against each other. Um, <laughs> not ca- when they came up against... That doesn't sound good. But when they... Then in 19... 19- I wasn't laughing at I, that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> in, in 1904, they then... There was a newspaper that was called uh, The Scottish Referee and they were trying to get people to go along to the game and so there was a very famous cartoon in there that said uh, patronise... Sorry. Yeah, patronise. Yeah. The old firm. Um, which so then it became the old firm match. It wasn't until about 1912 when they started hating each other because certain people started aligning themselves with the two clubs. Now, Celtic, their supporters, they're Irish Catholics. Um, they they are associated with revolution against the British rule. Um, have we, have we, sorry, have we established we're in Scotland? Glasgow. Did Glasgow. I not say this? I, I don't know if we did right Sorry, Glasgow. Um, Glasgow Rangers versus Glasgow Celtic. Um, anyway... <laughs> they associate with friendly organisations like the IRA and Sinn mm. Féin. 
um, and they sing wonderful songs at the home ground about um, hating British people. Then the Rangers are the opposite. Uh, they're the Protestants, super anti-Catholic. They have, um, since between um, basically 1912 and 1989, they had a policy of not employing Catholics. Um, then they broke that in 1989 because there was a really freaking good player. And um, winners are grinners. So they, they're directly linked with the Orange Order which is the uh, obviously the Protestant fraternal organisation, the champions, British unionism. They want to still remain a part of Britain. They hate that uh, Ireland and, North, um, and parts of Northern Ireland don't want to be a part of Britain. So basically what happens is all these players go out. It's played four times a year, the old firm, because there's the Scottish Cup. There's also the, um, the Scottish Premier League. And all the guys are running around kicking a ball on the field. Most of them don't give a shit. Half of them from Sweden. There's an Aussie bloke, Roddick play, Rogic plays for Celtic. Yep. They don't give a rat's ass. But the crowd basically tries to kill each other. Rogic. No, not Andy, Roddick. Rogic. Uh, Tom Rogic. 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 Tom no, Rogic. 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 Tom Rogic. Rogic. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, they don't give a rat's. Basically, the crowd just tries to kill each other. Um, You've got a personal connection, though, to this rivalry, don't you? I do. I had to kill one of the Protestants. <laughs> no. Um, yes, so my father-in-law, uh, I married a Glaswegian, a Ouija, as they're called. Um, and uh, her family um, is very Celtic, like crazy Celtic. Um, her brother's a father. So uh, to the point where I, when I was first meeting her family, like just as a joke, said to her, I'll, I'll tell them I support Rangers. And she looked at me and said, that's not funny. <laughs> Don't, oh. don't do that joke. And I was like, okay, I won't. Every year we go to Glasgow and when the old firm's on, we're not allowed to go into the city because basically the Orange Army march, all the Celtic fans go up and it's just riots, brawls, the whole lot. Um, between 1989 and 2003, there's been eight deaths that have been directly linked to Celtic versus Rangers. So in 1995, a guy was just walking past a pub in the wrong jersey and... Oh. Somebody just came out and stabbed him. So yeah, this is what it's <laughs> As like. As you do. All right. Barney, you want to go next? Oh, well, I'll, we're, we're doing teams now, team rivalries. Um, how about the greatest, uh, the most lopsided, I should say, rivalry of all time? Uh, we're talking swishes. We're talking hoops. We're talking b-ball. We're talking rebounds. We're talking double-doubles. Uh, yes, we're talking about the Harlem Globetrotters versus the Washington Generals. Yes, very good. Uh, so since 1952, uh, when uh, the Globetrotters owner, Abe Saperstein, uh, invited <laughs> former a ABL player Red Klotz to, uh, to create a team to accompany the Globetrotters on their tours. They've played more than 1,700 times. Um, an impressive record uh, for the Trotters. Uh, not so much uh, for uh, the poor Generals. The Generals, um, ha according to their website, have beaten their opponents on three occasions. That's, that's actually better than yeah. that. Oh, I thought 17, it was going to be lower than that. 17,003 they're at is their record. <laughs> or three and 17,000, I should say. Um, so when were the three? That they've been so 1954, 1958, and the the most recent 1971. Now, but these, these games are rigged. These aren't rigged. So this is this is interesting. It's a bit like no one will admit that the games are rigged. That the there's sort of rules as from what I can uh, gather reading up on this. There's rules where they play straight up basketball. It's all right to be a bit competitive, but when the the Globies are doing their uh, little tricks. You're not supposed to defend it. Um, now, this is a rivalry that's um, that's been made it all the way into pop culture. Phil, if you want to play the uh, play the clip now, this is from The Simpsons. 
Uh, I think this sums up. And you up obviously got clearance from Fox yeah, yeah, to Fox. play this. Yeah, we're, we're, it's all Fox. You spoke to Rupert. Also, can fine. you never call them the Globies again? Yeah, <laughs> I, I was calling them the Trotters. Isn't that the Golden Globes? <laughs> the Globies. <laughs> they're called Globies online. There Trotters, go. I don't know. It's Krusty the Clown. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. <laughs> he spit in the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. <laughs> so this, this is the thing. So the rule apparently is is when they're doing the tricks, they're not allowed to defend them properly. Okay. If they're playing straight up basketball, they're allowed to defend them. Right. So, And that not, music's Sweet sweet Georgia Brown, is that what it's called? Sweet Georgia Brown. Oh, jeez, it's good, that tune. <laughs> oh, man, it's not bad. All right, Brooksy. All right, I'm going back to the States again. Baseball. Yankees, Red Sox. Yeah, good one. Big one. One of the best yeah. rivalries. The cities have a rivalry. Boston, New York, obviously, you know, big hubs on the East Coast. There was a bit of competitiveness in terms of trade with Europe and, and England. Uh, Boston in the early years really dominated in terms of that. You know, thanks for bringing some history into this. Yeah, that's, really right. that's all I've got. I was getting straight into baseball after that. Okay, good. So let me fast forward to 1901 when both the New York Yankees and the Boston Americans, as they were known, came into the American League. And since then, they've had a big rivalry. Uh, in the 1910s, the um, Americans, who changed their name to the Red Sox, uh, won four World Series. Uh, but I guess success can bring a bit of unhappiness. And you guys probably are aware of the curse of the band. Yes, you know? of course. Yes. So shortly after their World Series win in 1918, um, Hona Harry Frazee of the Red Sox and Babe Ruth couldn't strike a deal. Ruth wanted more money. And subsequently, he got sold to the Yankees. Uh, $125,000 it cost back then, a lot of money. That is a lot. Yeah. And also, they were allowed to, it allowed him to secure a loan for $300,000 for Fenway Park. But there's a bit of a side story in terms of the money in which uh, Frazee got because Frazee didn't mind doing some plays. He had a passion for theatre. Really? He loved oh, the theatre. He had a diverse portfolio. And <laughs> the timing was impeccable for Frazee because he needed to fund his play, which was upcoming, called No No Nanette. No oh. No Nanette. Yes. Right. I, I had a look at the play. It was it was a Broadway success. So How many stars did you give At the time, it? I gave it four. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So fantastic! I look. I, I never give five. No. Um, so so that's four is pretty much the top. So, <laughs> so you're that one. F- yeah. Gave us four in the podcast. Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No comment. Uh, so yeah, sold Babe Ruth, the big Bambino, to the Yankees, and so I'm going to fast forward to 2003. Babe and Ruth's still playing. Babe Ruth's still <laughs> playing, but when you break down the World Series from the sale. Mm. The Yankees won 26 World Series from 1920 to 2003. Guess how many the Red Sox won? It's a donut, isn't it? It's isn't a it? zero. Yeah, 26 zero. So, yeah, possibly one of the worst trades in sports history. So, guys, my one is a little out of left field. Uh, it is a Division Two college football American rivalry between the Coachita Baptist Tigers 
and the Hed- Henderson Reddies. Okay. Uh, Henderson Mate. State Reddies. Like, can we do something different on this podcast? We're um, crying out loud every second podcast. You'll, you'll, yeah. Henderson Reddies. <laughs> you'll like this Ridiculous. one. This one, they play they, they play out of Arkansas, uh, and they're two. We all know where Henderson is, or <laughs> well, the Arkansas. Um, but they're two of the biggest Division Two football programs in America. Like this is a massive rivalry. They are the only sporting rivalry in America. They believe this is where the stadiums are within walking distance of each other. Most college football games, the visiting team either flies or buses to the game. The opposing team walks. So they're that close. They're literally in the same town. So basically, historically, the pranks that these two teams before the rivalry, in the before the week before the game, normally they include harmless things like crop dusting the other the other school with like marshmallows, throwing toilet paper. <laughs> Wait a second! I thought you said <laughs> crop dusting. Yeah, it says mean, crop dusting the other school yeah, with marshmallows. There's a couple of meanings to crop. I know dusting. they're not walking around farting on campus. <laughs> Imagine that. I mean, all right, boys, eat up. Get sure, hook into the sure. beans. We're going over to the I'm other sure school a tomorrow. Already, he's let one rip in the library. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. Behind right, the you stacks. mean planes? Yes. We're going to make their quads stink. And then, <laughs> and then essentially other things that they do is they put suds or soap into the, the fountain to the point where Henderson had to turn off their fountain. Classic. Um, with it Because they filled it with purple suds. The other thing is they, they employ Kawishita State. Um, they employ like homegrown like student guards to protect the tiger statue because in 1941 the tiger statue was stolen from the campus by the other the opposing university. How big's the statue? It's a massive statue. I'm talking like four or five metres tall. Oh, like Whoa. a big, big metres. Like they put a truck in and you know like ripped it out is? of the grass. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the roof's two and a half metres here. If you look, it'd probably be another Double half it's... bigger. It's a... All right. So Sweet. probably not. Yeah, great. Not important. <laughs> um, but there was one prank in 1946 that went a little bit too far that drove this rivalry to its absolute breaking point. Uh, in 1946, a lady named Anna Strickland, who was attending Kawichita, uh, she was named Homecoming Queen. And I don't know. Aww. They normally play this rivalry on Homecoming Week, so it's essentially the biggest week, and they say goodbye to all the seniors and this, that, and the other. It's big pageantry. And she was named Homecoming Queen. And on, on, uh, during the week before, uh, during the week leading up to the game, a bunch of Henderson cheerleaders pulled up to an, into a, a, next to her in a car and told her, we're all going to a party, get in, get in, come on, we'll, we'll, go and, we'll go and have a drink or whatever. They ended up kidnapping her. She was later found in a motel in Arkadelphia, which is in Kansas, in Arkansas, sorry, and he, her, her boyfriend was looking for her for a whole week. They kept her for four, five days and essentially they took her 30 miles out of town and they put her in a motel room with a guy guarding her that had a sawn-off shotgun what? under his jumper. And essentially she she was she's kept captive, tied up, mouth gagged, everything. And they essentially just did it for a joke. They got to the point where they got the FBI, FBI involved and the FBI was helping the town of Wichita Find find, find Anna Strickland. She was later returned back to the fountain at uh, back to the sorry the Tiger Statue at Wichita State, and the game went on as usual. And Henderson beat them sixty three ten. So Happy not only did they, not only did no, no, not only did they kidnap their homecoming queen, they also flogged them. So 
It was one yeah. of those one of those interesting ones where she was held at gunpoint for five days. Classic. <laughs> you know, uh, I'd be I'd be more pissed off about the soap suds in the mountain. <laughs> exactly. What, what year is that? Nineteen forty-six. Forty-six. So I'm picturing a motel room, probably no television. It was yeah. called the Caddo Motel in downtown Arkadelphia. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is... Four yeah. stars. Four stars. <laughs> Four stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Barney, you want to go next? Um, I can, if you'd like. Uh, yeah, we're going to international rivalries. We are international yes. rivalries. Okay. Um, can I just... Between countries. Without thinking, just have a... Just first instinct, what do you think the biggest rating cricket match of last year would have been? Without thinking too hard... Maybe World, uh, Cup, World Cup final. World Cup final, yes. World Cup final. Uh, I gotta yeah. say, it wasn't. It was actually a World Cup match. It was a World Cup uh, match during the round robin stages. It was when India and Pakistan went head to head. Of now, yeah. these are two massive cricketing nations. Uh, they have a rivalry that extends well beyond cricket, but cricket is uh, cricket is where we we see it in sport most intensely. So, just to go back, they've had a rivalry that goes back to uh, well. You'd know this, James. Partition, 1947. Um, obviously, uh, British India was uh, was divided up into India and Pakistan. Uh, both countries uh, got independence. A lot of people displaced during partition. There was a lot of, um, shall we say, uh, there's, there's a bit of ill feeling um, as a result of that. And so they, they've always had this rivalry. So if we just look based on numbers, India has a population of 1.3 billion. Pakistan has a population of 208 million. These are countries that are absolutely obsessed with cricket. So when they meet, it is a big deal. And according to the ICC, so that, that, that match, match 22 of the World Cup, attracted 273 million unique uh, TV viewers on linear TV and another 50 million digital viewers. What's a unique what viewer? Like, unique? A, yeah, like an emo or something? Uh, yeah. Or like... <laughs> people who aren't like anyone else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no twins. No, no, no doesn't twins. include twins yeah, or yeah. triplets. Oh, that's yeah. good. It's like yeah. people from be... like Cirque du Soleil that can okay. do like unique things with their bodies. Wow, that's great. Yeah. I'm not sure because they didn't define it on the ICC website, but that's just what they, uh, they said. Unique viewers on linear TV too. Which is... So they're, not, like, they're all parallel. The TVs are like line up. Line up next yeah. to yeah. each yeah. other? Yeah, so sports bars where, <laughs> okay, you know, often we'll have them here where they're all yeah, laid they're out next, next to, to each other. other. Okay, yeah. um, <laughs> it's very specific. I could imagine Hooters in Delhi. You know, that'd yeah. be okay. a very big yeah. linear right. place yeah. to watch but the cricket. Big Just linear <laughs> Hooters in Delhi. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that's a good. That's a good uh, good wing. The hostess, her name Delhi. actually is Linear. She's lovely. What? <laughs> 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 Um, so to put a bit of context to this, these uh, these are two nuclear powers um, that were spurred on uh, India. Obviously, their nuclear program. They were worried about the rise of China, um, Pakistan. Well, if they've got nuclear weapons, we need nuclear weapons. They've fought uh, numerous times. They've been to war. Um, one of the places they are uh, that's a source of conflict still to this day is a t- tense region. This region of uh, Jammu and Kashmir, uh, where they go in, which is most famous for James. Tennis. Cashmere willow. I was going to say sweaters. <laughs> Cashmere sweaters, yeah. Oh, yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I froze. <laughs> I didn't know tennis. you were coming to me. So. No. Pat Cash. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so you thought of. Pat, thought Cashmere. of Pat Cash. Oh, Money. Okay. Uh, it's Led yeah. Zeppelin songs. Led Zeppelin yeah, songs. Right. Sorry. No, Cashmere willow, uh, which obviously they uh, they make cricket bats out of. Oh, right. Now. Um, this is this is the thing. This is what I wanted to talk about with this. Is it's a long way to go around to talking about cricket yes. bats we had as kids. Um, 
it was always the big thing. English willow versus cashmere willow. Yes. Uh, I remember as a kid, cashmere willow was a bit of a knock on you. Like, oh, you got the cheap bat, did you? If yeah. you got a cabinet bat, that was generally, um, we all know the cabinet bat, that was the one at the sports store that was locked yeah, in the glass ask cabinet. the yeah. bloke up the front, get sh- he'd get annoyed because he knew you weren't going to buy it. Yeah. You just wanted to, oh, yeah. just checking the balance. <laughs> just, yeah, just checking goes, the balance. Oh, God. So you've been in five times this week yeah. and it's nowhere near Christmas, mate. You, uh, <laughs> you are not getting this cricket bat. Oh. Um, I had a gun and more. You had a gun that and more? That was my first bat. Probably, probably English willow. Um, depending on what it, when we were kids, it was generally uh, cashmere willow was cheap, so it was the cheaper bats. Um, though, and they're generally thought of as not being as good. They're not used as much because they're, the, the wood's a bit heavier. Although Sir Vivian Richards and Sachin Tendulkar are both known to have used cashmere willow bats. So MRF, uh, yeah, they were both with MRF, the yeah, master right. blaster. The he master was, he was hitting some big sixes. Yeah, right. Clearly says that okay. there's no yeah. difference there. But, and it's not just the, the rivalry. This, this uh, rivalry is actually Sorry, is your used... rivalry India versus Pakistan or, or is it all willows? willows? Uh, <laughs> India <laughs> versus Pakistan. <laughs> well, it's the willows. Rivalries? Is it to Mate, do with... Is this timber rivalry? All I'm saying is it's, it's a complicated political... It's a complicated political situation. We've okay. got willow, we've got cricket, we've got... But... Um, Good news is cricket was actually used to ease tensions too. Uh, 1987, uh, Pakistani President James, you remember who that was? Um, Al-Haq. Muhammad uh, Zia Al-Haq, yes. Uh, he, what? He attended a test match. You knew him, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> his, his dad helped him get elected. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, sorry. We uh, rigged the votes. We, well, you wouldn't need to. I believe he took power in a coup. Um, <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> Um, but he attended a match in India, a test match between uh, in uh, Jaipur between India and Pakistan, which helped ease the tensions over the Soviet invasion of uh, Afghanistan. Like, that's a totally different podcast, um, Soviet invasion podcast. Uh, Brooksy, when, I when believe is that you, released? Brooksy, Brooksy does it. <laughs> it's his geopolitics uh, Yes, politics yeah, big time. Yes. Like All right. The big well, I, I think mine kind of leads on from yours because... <laughs> really? Which part of it? I don't know. I'm completely confused. But in 1969, Honduras played El Salvador in World Cup qualification matches. They were trying to get into the 1970 Mexico World Cup. You might have heard about this. And Mm. supposedly these soccer matches or football matches led to what is now known as the football war. So three matches took place. Uh, First one was in Honduras, second one in El Salvador. The third one took place in Mexico. Following the third one, three weeks later... There's a war and 4,000 people die. F- wow. Mate. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Now, <laughs> here's the thing, though. Let me walk you through it. So, so first match Honduras hosted, it was 1-0, and there was a game in overtime, so the El Salvadorians felt cheated. So then there's obviously tension between that. So then when they come back to El Salvador, all the El Salvador fans sit outside the, the hotel where the Honduras players are staying. They start, you know, banging pots, honking horns, that old thing. El Salvador go on to win 3-0. But they're still angry about the first match, so some locals attack some Honduran spectators. Um, Two Hondurans were killed during the riots. Uh, Buses and cars set on fire. People were shooting at people. Um, Then Honduras then sort of retaliates by kicking out all the El Salvadorians. Anybody that was an El Salvadorian-owned shop was vandalised, looted, and their owners beaten. This is all because of the result of a football match. I know it's a comedy podcast, trust yeah, me. Yeah, wow. We're getting into some funny it stuff. It sounds horrendous. <laughs> then, of course, the, um, the the third match takes place in Mexico. El Salvador wins 3-2. Um, 
Buoyed by their victory and frustrated by the lack of international response, um, El Salvador terminated all diplomatic ties with Honduras. Now, these are two countries that border <laughs> on each other, right? So they've just shut embassies. They They're just, just shut like, nah, yeah, because Bullshit, right, we're not doing we're business. Um, now, Honduras retaliated in July by sending a small re reconnaissance plane into El Salvador and st started bombing Honduras. Well, that's more than a reconnaissance plane. That's a that's a bomber. <laughs> I know. So you know, escalates, escalates, guns, bombs, fighter jets, four thousand dead. Just, a, just <laughs> off a the someone scoring off a corner. Yes, but here's the thing: there had already been, and this is where it gets muddy. There had already been three weeks of tensions between the countries, right? So what you got to realise is one country uh, is is a lot smaller than the other. I think El Salvador is a lot smaller than Honduras, but has five times as many people. So Jeez. they need land, they need space. Obviously, Honduras has, has, a, has, is, has more wealth, so the El Salvadorians want to come in. There's all this tension. They can't get immigrants in. People are kicking out. So, of course, at this stage, when they're right on the brink of war, FIFA, in their infinite wisdom, goes, you know what? You guys should still play to see who gets a yeah. football cup. What about, what about some football to play? That's right. That'll make things they, better. They didn't mention Just, anything about the Honduras team bus being shot at by yeah. the El Salvadorian... Uh, fans on the way to the game. Yeah. Now, fast forward to 1970. Was it all worth it? You know, how did the El Salvadorians go in that World Cup? Because obviously you, all these people are dying. Hopefully they did well. Um, they lost their first match 3-0 to Belgium, lost their second match 2-0 to Russia and gave Mexico a good run for their money, losing 4-0 in the third match. Wow. Um, anyway, so that was the football war. Wow. Wow. Just because mine's politically driven, I might drop, jump in next and then and then we can Brooke, round it out. Hey, Brooksy with, with yeah. the big finish. With the, with, Let's hope with he's got Brooke more Sana. stuff about Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, guys, my last one, my international rivalry is also football rivalry, uh, but it's South Korea and Japan. It also is a baseball rivalry as well, but yeah. this really more came out in the football sort of football realm. Um, so the, uh, the intensity between South Korea and Japan is spilled onto the soccer pitch and the baseball diamond uh, because of a brutalised... The, they were, they, uh, they were colonised. Japan colonised South Korea for over 30 years. So they were, they were very much sort of under Jap Japanese sort of rule and they... It took a... a they, the, again, they thought... FIFA thought it was a great idea yeah, that in 1954 uh, they would... Put them in the same pool at the at the what? World Cup, and they, they they but only to qualify for the World Cup, but only one Asian team could qualify. So essentially, the only qualifying spot for an Asian team to get into the 1954 World Cup was going to be between two countries. One that one, can, that, one that one that occupied the other. Can I float a theory <laughs> on FIFA? Were FIFA run by like some sort of arms dealership <laughs> yeah, or something? Hey, like that? Mate, like, is there, I wouldn't is there be surprised. Business cross purposes. Here? Old old step ladder. <laughs> some <laughs> of the stuff he used to get up to. My God. <laughs> Um, so basically this qualification in 54 was to be decided over two legs. Uh, however, the South Korean president, Tsang Man Ri, would not allow past invaders into Japan. So they played both legs in Japan. But uh, he also said to his, his team, his national team, before they ran out, he goes, if you guys don't win, don't bother coming back, throw yourselves into the ocean. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, it worked. Uh, South Korea duly carried out a 7-3 aggregate win over the two legs yeah. and they qualified for the for the World Cup. Um, it was later on, I'm going to go to the 2012 
for the qualifying. Oh, geez, you're jumping quite a bit into the future. No, from we are, we are, we are. I'm, I, it's quite, it spans over quite a long time, so I'm taking two sort of That's anecdotes. 60-something um, years. Summer of 2012, the Olympics. Soccer was here. Soccer's included in, in the London Olympics. Yes. Uh, and the South Korean national team, for the first time, they won the bronze medal by defeating, guess who? Japan. 2-0. However, one of the star players for, for Korea... They, after the 2-0 the, the victory, held up a sign as he scored the goal. He's one of the strikers, scored the goal, and his, his sign literally read... I remember this. It said Hoptom Gangnam Style. I remember that. <laughs> it did. It did. And then in, like, really small font down the bottom, it said, Dakodo is our territory, which is an island that sits equidistant between South Korea and... Japan, right, and they both sort of still claim ownership over it, um, but essentially it was considered to be a, 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 in the Olympics in the IOC rules you're not allowed to make a statement of political uh, of a political nature or, right. or sort of and they were all they were all sort of punished in the same way. But this Korean striker, he actually got his mm. medal, bronze medal, stripped off him. They didn't strip the whole team; they just, just took, him. they took him. They he wasn't allowed to go to the ceremony. It later came out last year that the IOC official, all you need is one IOC official to have an issue with the with, with the with the, oh. the action in order for it to be uh, yep. deemed I'm to go through to be going. passed. It turned out that the only IOC official that had an issue with with the sign was a Japanese national. Of course. Very well-rounded wow. story there, Tommy. Tommy. Had a beginning, a middle, <laughs> big climax at the end. Mm. Mate, very good. Close to the best story. Close. Let's also keep in mind that on Dakota, only 2,000 people live. So they're fighting over an island that is literally... What are they? Two thousand people. Where it's like those... Bruni Island in Tasmania. Where do those <laughs> 2,000 people that. consider themselves aligned to, though? They, they all natively speak South Korean. Oh, right, mm. okay. Right. It was just in the back. It's just of the... Korean, isn't it? Sorry? It's just Korean, isn't it? Um, when they... Yeah, but they have a southern drawl. <laughs> <laughs> They're southern bales. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Korea. Y'all want some hush puppies? Uh, look them Gangnam style. <laughs> Y'all want some grits? Uh, Roxy, right. bring us home, oh, mate. And this rivalry... Uh, there's so many different sports that we can go on. It's England v Australia. Oh, very good. One of the greats. I'm not going to get into the history of England v Australia because we all know we didn't listen during history class at no. school. But the Commonwealth Games, we mm. dominate their own style of Olympics. Rugby, there's been a couple of good World Cups. 99, where we won over the uh, yeah we won over on English and Welsh soil, and then. 2003, they we came over. I don't know what happened that, that much. We won't talk about But you know what I found the funny thing about <laughs> we 2003? About How about, no, you know what? That great semi-final where we beat the All Blacks. Yeah, that was a great yeah, semi-final. Should we ring Nick? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but has rugby been the same since since Johnny Wilkinson ruined rugby no. in Australia? No, no, I don't think it has. No. We have been the toilette ever since. Yeah. <laughs> Tennis. There's been some good ones. Paddy Rafter in 97 in that the US Open. Versus Rosetsky. Bingo. The Canadian that he is. <laughs> remember, remember, <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> Remember uh, Tim Henman's great run in 2002 at Wimbledon? Ended by Leighton Hewitt. Yes. yes. Another good one. That God. One, but that, let's be honest, that guy was so shit they took the hill off him. Did they? And they gave it to Andy Murray. Andy Murray. Uh, Murray Mount. He, he, quite exciting player, Andy Murray. Um, golf, Norman and Faldo yes, in the 90s, good. if you can remember. You know, there's been rugby league, World Cups, Australia and England involved, but cricket, you know, yes, cricket's cricket a big is one. the ultimate mm. one. Do you know the Ashes series is at the moment 33 to 32 Australia? Oh, that's oh so no, I didn't know. That. How that's good is that? Good. That's really it was good. like you know when Origin in rugby league used to be really close. They were going head to head. Yeah, I remember until Queensland days. won for nineteen straight years. I think it was, but yeah, yeah. Uh, the Ashes has been very closely fought. Not so much recently. Uh, Australia's had a bit of dominance there. Um, just some of the funny things that have happened throughout that. I guess you know Warnie's ball against Mike Gatting. Yes, yeah, ball of the century. The ball of the century. And Warney's hat trick yes. in '94, the MCG. Remember <sighs> Booney sticking out that mitt? I do, mate. It was on the... Booney's birthday. Yeah, that was on Booney's birthday. How about Warney's uh, dance with the stump? Yes, yep. after they won. That was great. That was a good one. Steve Harmison bowling the second slip to start the 06 07. Yeah, that was Australia won the series <laughs> yeah. five nil. Um, but a, a funny thing was, a Barmy Army was started due to the success of Australia. The underdog sort of thing was was you know within within England at the time and but the one big thing that I love about the rivalry is how dominated England are in Perth. Like you just go through since '95. There's innings and runs. There's 200, 300 run wins. There was one year in 2013 at the Wacker where the English team banned Wags. Yeah, right. They didn't want him to come. They were just trying something new. I think Graham Gooch, who was the batting coach at the time, the implemented Gooch. this. <laughs> 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 that's not your favourite. It's one of your favourite cricketers, isn't it, One of the great Tommy? last names. But, um, so they with Quentin Decaux. <laughs> <laughs> and Dale Stain. <laughs> and Stain. Gooch Stain. Uh, Fanny De Villiers. Uh, Fanny Afani, I think. Afani. We all called him uh, Fanny. Fanny De Villiers. Yeah. Yeah. Fanny De Villiers. Stain Decaux. But during the second innings, like, Australia were just running away with it. And the great thing about the Ashes too, sometimes, you know, the stars lead the way, but sometimes it's like your George Bailey's. George Bailey teed off in an over against Jimmy Anderson, 28 off the over, a four, a six, a two, a four and two sixes. Clarkie called him in. They ended up winning by 300 runs in the end. But um, George Bailey did say that is actually his code to get into his iPhone as well. <laughs> so if you ever find his iPhone, that is it. So, Six foot two. <laughs> he'll never forget that over. And that was one. I remember watching Four, six, it back six. then. It was just one of the best overs. It's so just, good. It was just carnage. But, yeah, there's so many Ashes memories. Body line, obviously. Yeah. So many. You've touched on a bit of Bradman before. Well, very good, Brooksy. Far out. That's, what, what that's a, a good way to rivalry. bring it home. Um, well, let's finish it there, boys. Brooksy, thank you so much. Thanks I think for having Nick's me. away for a few weeks, so, you know, you can come in and, and uh, do your best. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> your best. <laughs> we'll just, have, no, we'll just come in and try. Maybe Phil, you can get Phil, a full start. Anybody there, Phil, you want to uh, 
award some sort of great story too? Well, Tommy's uh, left field suggestion going back to Div 2 uh, yeah, that uh, was very football, good. that was pretty uh, in- Tigers. inventive. Cliche. Um, <laughs> Phil loves a good kidnapping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And some of uh, Brooke, <laughs> it's true. Some of Brooksy's uh, left, left field uh, uh, facts around. Uh, th- at the end, George Bailey is uh, his, That's very his good. in code. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm. All right, very good. Uh, just a reminder, get on there, uh, leave us a five-star review, put the boot in, we don't care. Um, uh, or get online, at Professor on Fox is all our socials. So uh, I think that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, MySpace, Bing, AltaVista. Pinterest. Yelp. Pinterest. Yelp. Uh, yep. Also. Urban and, Spoon. Uh, Urban Spoon. And I... <laughs> And Trivago. So just get on those. <laughs> it's Trivago. It's Trivago. It? You idiot. Oh, no wonder the other day when I was saying, he's a booking.com man. Hey, Siri, I need Trivago, and Siri couldn't find it. That no wonder sense. we haven't worked out a sponsor for that one yet. No wonder you've been on a holiday for five minutes. Well, I need one. That's it. Tommy, have you got a subject for next week? Uh, don't no, have one I yet. Don't. <laughs> okay, that was the Professor and Barney podcast. We'll uh, we'll see you next week.